This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week, Thursday the 17th of October 2019, the year being. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I want to get right into things immediately. Uh, We're going to dive right into this. I have a lecture that I prepared the other day, and I want to share with you. I, I think it's important. And I want to say, it, it's a generalized discussion on failure, something that all of us deal with, all of us go through, maybe we're going through it right now, and a few thoughts that I have about that. Uh, consider it similar to the one that I gave on society, where it is a number of miscellaneous points that are in the end though connected to this one broad topic i try to put a little bit of a positive spin to it so just stay tuned Uh, like i said it's 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 not the most organized thing in the world it's not the prettiest lecture at that Uh, and 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 there have been better but i think it has a few points that i really want to share that i really want to get out And it's on a subject that I feel strongly about. So, please take a listen. Like I said, I already gave the disclaimer. It's not the best, and it's not the most concise. But I said what I feel I needed to say. And I hope you you get something out of it. I think, if anything, all the main points are clear, and that's what's most important. Stay tuned, you're listening to VORW International. I don't know how concise this lecture is going to be. Nor do I know how long or short, or truly how how effective, it's going to end up being. Sometimes I'll go ahead and I'll get to the microphone and I'll have all of these very clear points in my head that I just want to get out, want to express, and I can immediately go from one to the next to the next to the next, and have everything bundled together really nice, you know, metaphorical little bow tying it all together, and it's great. And other times, I just have this broad idea that I know I want to express this, but there's no real format. I just take it as it comes and improvise my way through it, and that's one of those times. I know what I want to talk about. Sometimes I just don't have that organization there. And you just have to wing it. That's all you can do. Because I want to get this out. I've wanted to get this out for a while, for probably the last few days. And I said, look, it's better, better to just do it now, since you have the energy and you want to go ahead and do it. And uh, give it, give it your best shot. I've given lectures like this in the past. To me, anyway, and I might be wrong, sometimes when I reflect and look back at the stuff I've talked about in previous shows, I know for a fact these are topics that I've addressed before. And if you're a long-time listener, I'm sure you've heard me cover them. But to me, it feels like it's been a while. And it's one of those things that's just... Some topics, you only need to bring them up once. (laughs) You know, once is enough. Other topics, I just think, 
either A, there's no harm in trying to spread that message once again, or reinforce it for people who have heard it in the past. This is one of those topics. Because it, it pertains to something that we deal with, I'm sure, to one extent or another, big or small. Maybe it has lasting repercussions, maybe it doesn't. To different extents, on a near daily basis, if not verifiably on a daily basis. And quite simply, that's failure. The concept of of failure. Of things not going your way. In one way or another, in any way, shape, or form, things not working out. Right? You think back to the last time that's happened to you, and it's probably very recently. Maybe it's on a small scale, you know, no big deal, didn't work out, but it doesn't really affect anything. And there's some of you right now that might be going through a tough time trying to deal with the outcome, the setbacks, the repercussions. Maybe you're indecisive. Maybe it's just very impactful. You just don't know where to go from here. That's one of the things that I've been thinking about lately, about failure. Because it's something that, like I said, we all experience, we all go through, we all deal with. To differing degrees, extents, how often it occurs, even what we perceive as being failure. Look, that's unique to us. And it's different between every one of us. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, isn't it interesting, at times anyway, how subjective a thing failure can be. At first, failure is something that's very clear-cut, in definition anyway. Quite simply, the formal definition, a lack of success. Right, that's that's very clear-cut. But then the more you look into it, the more you realize, despite having a very clear-cut definition, the more complex an issue failure really is, right? Where do you truly draw the line between success and failure? Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it isn't. And again, this isn't anything new, but we know that there are times where something initially doesn't really work out, but it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world, right? Things could have been worse. There still are opportunities that you can look at what went wrong, re-examine, study the situation, be able to move forward with a better understanding of the issue at hand and be able to tackle it efficiently going forward. There's times where, because you failed initially, you're able to observe and examine other options, other routes to success with whatever it is that you're doing. And sometimes it comes down to the fact that simply stepping away from things and re-examining them and saying, you know, 
initially, it looks like it was a failure. But when you really examine things, I might be blowing things out of proportion and it's actually not that bad. And sometimes, of course, there are those situations where we'll examine it and we'll just have to say, look, things just didn't work out. But hey, you know what? I can still start from scratch, redo things, and even in some situations, giving up is okay and moving on to the next. Sometimes that's all right, too. We know that it's such an open-ended thing. We know that there are all these different options, different possibilities, ways to handle it, ways to look at it, and ways to move on from it. And it's wonderful once you really realize how much freedom there is in terms of that. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it is at first, but a change of perspective can do wonders. Recently, I was examining the concept of failure with this radio show. Yeah, I was mentioning, I think, the last show that I did. Or maybe it was the show before that. Where, with the shortwave, the signals just didn't go out and didn't reach anyone. Now, that is a failure right there, very evidently so. And I felt it. You know, I was there. I had put a lot of work into the show. I put the financial resources to make sure that it got broadcast. I spent hours, probably six hours, trying to promote it, get the word out about it, only for it to fall flat on its face and be heard maybe by one person. And yeah, that's a failure. Didn't really reach anyone. And I paid for it, and it it didn't work out. Right, but at the same time, even then, after kind of admittedly wallowing in it a little bit, initially you kind of get a little down, you want to throw in the towel, you're saying, it's like, I did all this for nothing, what's the point? And I've gotten that way before, even with YouTube, right? Not even the radio show. You look at YouTube also, similar things. Sometimes I would work very hard on a video. I would have a good feeling about it. I would spend time doing more editing than usual, trying to make it into something good. I I wouldn't be doing a food review. I'd be talking about something else. And it would feel good, you know? It's, It's something different. Something I'm happy with. And I release it, and it either gets demonetized, which kills the video on site, or no one watches it because they only care about the food reviews. And that too can be a gut punch. It's the same type of thing, right? I put these resources into this project. I put a lot of time, effort, and hard work into it, I was exercising my creativity, I was feeling good about it, only for it to sink. And it's the same type of thing. Why bother? What's the point? If you're going to do all of this for what seems like nothing, why not just throw in the towel? What's the point anymore? 
And sometimes when you're in that initial funk, look, we've all been there. It's hard to find an answer to that question. And sometimes you'll just sit there asking yourself, what's the point? And the best you can say is, I don't know. But that's not necessarily the truth. That's not necessarily a definitive answer. That's not the way that it is or the way that it has to be. Many times when we look at it that way, and we're in that frame of mind, like it or not, we're really allowing those negative emotions, those feelings of sadness, upset, and even depression, influence us and get the best of us. Because one thing that comes along with not meeting those standards that you personally set, or meeting a pre-assigned goal, are those feelings of disappointment, especially initially. Once we find out it didn't do well, how can you not really feel disappointed? If you really, if you really put your heart and soul and hard work into it, you will feel a bit let down. And that's completely natural, that's completely understandable, but, but we can't act impulsively upon it. Those metaphorical storm clouds, they'll eventually clear. Maybe not entirely, but they'll start to spread away a little bit. You'll be able to see a little more clearly. And it's not to say that everything's going to be happy and smiles and all of that overnight. We know it's not. But with time, it'll usually allow us, once those initial raw emotions and feelings of disappointment begin to subside or begin to lessen, we're able to go out, re-examine the situation, start looking at it from other angles. And from there, with many of these situations that personally impacted me, I'm able to re-examine them and be able to look for solutions or ways to reassess things in order to proceed forward more efficiently. And many times that's the case. For instance, with the radio show, the airings that didn't work out too well, I was able to examine and say, all right, I know that this isn't working out, but at the same time, I have broadcasts that are still able to be sent out and reach the listening audience. So I'm not going to bother promoting that one broadcast that's been having problems. And I might end up cutting it. But that's not giving up because there's a solution. Like I said, there are already broadcasts on the same day, just at different times, but are still convenient that are able to reach the listeners. And I'm going to put the money on those, I'm going to put the focus on those, the emphasis on those, and I'm going to promote those instead. And it might be a little bit of a change-up at first, but in the end it's going to work out. I'm still going to be able to get this show out, it's going to be able to reach a good audience, and all is well. And I'm very thankful that there's the ability that I can promote these broadcasts, that I can get the word out about this. See, it's all right. I know it was an initial failure when things didn't work out at first, but there's a solution. See, it's okay. 
When it comes down to the videos, the performance thereof, those can be even tougher still. But number one, people still saw the videos. It's not like zero people saw it, or everyone hated them. Hey, maybe they didn't get seen by the most people in the world. Maybe only a small fraction of individuals even bothered to watch it. But you know what? It got out to someone. It impacted someone. That work wasn't for nothing. Despite those initial feelings that it was, that is so far from the truth. Because it still got out to someone. What I always like to say, even if it reaches just one person, that is an individual just like you, just like me, not just a number, like how we sometimes perceive things in this world, when we especially look at statistics and analytics, right? It's just a number, it's just one, why, why bother? That's a person. It still reached someone, still impacted someone, and resultingly, hey, maybe we wish it was 10 or 50 or 100 or 1,000 people, but it's still one person. And that's very important. Didn't get to zero people, it still got to someone out there. And that is not a failure. Then you continue, you can say, look, maybe this idea didn't do so well. I know that now. It's not the end of the world, there's still time, there's still opportunities to be able to improve going forward. Try out different ideas, different formats, different styles, you name it. And through this, I was able to learn, maybe this didn't do the best. There are ways to continue going forward. Sometimes things can be a process of trial and error. You just got to keep going. So knowing this, we know that while success and failure, initially they're very clear-cut, easily definitive, easily separable, But the more you break things down, the more you look into things, the more you examine, or should I say re-examine, what initially may be perceived as failure. Quite frankly, we know we can look at things and we can realize it could have been worse. There's ways to move forward. There's ways to remedy this issue and come back stronger than ever. And what initially seemed like a failure and really got us down, might even have some success to it, and may provide a very valuable opportunity for the future to get things back in business and better than ever. So we know that at first, while failure can, again, seem very cut and dry, it's really not. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all how you look at it. And yes, there is quite a bit of that open-ended aspect regarding perception to so many problems. And the reason I wanted to talk about that today is that while I believe that's the truth, I know I've, I've applied that to so many things, and it's, it's helped me greatly. Sometimes society, I think, looks at these things differently. Not everyone. Look, when I say society... I'm talking about one prevailing mindset that I see. 
Not that every last person in the world adheres to it, but it's just something that I see. Because one sad thing that I notice when I look at the world around me, and as a disclaimer, let me say this is merely opinion based on my observations, but I feel I want to share them. One thing that I can't help but notice is that so many people seem less focused on that open-ended aspect to fail here. The possibility of solutions. The possibility of moving forward and remedying the issue even if it's by a more unconventional means. Sometimes that's even more successful than just going by the book. Sometimes not. Sometimes it is. But to many people, from what I see, it's not about being open-ended. It's not about re-examining things, reassessing things, reanalyzing things. It's not even about the solution. And it's not even about moving forward. Quite simply, it's about keeping to that cut-and-dry aspect of success and failure and focusing solely on the fact that you messed up, that you have a lack of success and shame on you, resultingly. And it's like more people spend time criticizing other people at their failures, attacking people, bringing them down, demeaning them, and ceaselessly criticizing them on the mere act that things didn't work out the best. Instead of either getting out of the way, having any sort of compassion, understanding, or any desire to contribute anything of their own to help remedy the issue. Now, sometimes it comes down to an unwillingness to listen, but some people can be cooperative, can work together. But it might just be one of those things that's human nature. It seems like instead of helping each other out, we, we grieve over our own failures, yet mock everyone else for theirs. And all it does is just contributes to that ideology that if you fail at one thing or another, you're worthless, you're a loser, you should quit, and you should give up, you're a piece of garbage, and hey, maybe even that the world doesn't want you anymore. You should just leave. Some people are that harsh when it comes to it. And granted, when I talk about failure, of course, it's primarily on a manageable scale, right? If you accidentally launch a nuclear missile and wipe out uh, New York City or something, yes, that's an unforgivable failure. But I'm talking about the small things, Right? Even if you're a student and you don't do well in class, or on an exam, or on a project, you get people who just want to bring you down, and just want to focus and emphasize the fact that you didn't do as good as they did, and just try and bring you down and take you down. Sometimes I'll scratch my head and I'll wonder why that is. <laughs> Sometimes the way the world is... It puzzles me. 
it bewilders me. Why, it's like... So many people care so little about anyone else but themselves. And I think that prevailing narcissism that I've talked about in so many other lectures, it carries over to so many things. Carries over to the concept of failure and success. The fact that people like to bring everyone else down. The fact that people refuse to help other people care about other people, refuse to act on so many things, but when they themselves experience the very things that they endlessly attack others for experiencing, everything changes, and everything shifts, and then they themselves want for the entire world to come to their assistance and do what they refuse to do for so many others. And I think that's just human nature. I think that that's probably one of those survival traits that we were instinctively born with, because I think this is how we've always been. I think it's possible to fight it. I think it's possible to either get rid of it entirely or at least diminish its prevalence in oneself. Is it hard? Yeah. I know it's something that I still have, and I think we all have to a degree. I have my fears, I have my anxieties, my worries, you name it. Things I deal with that I don't want to talk about. But I try, and I know I'm not successful with it. But I still try to make that effort to treat others as I want to be treated. A decent human being. We have our lapses, but I try anyway. I know it's a meandering lecture, but it's a few thoughts and a few observations that I wanted to discuss. And on a closing note, I want to wrap things up by saying sometimes the way society is, it can baffle me. The way things are, just, you know, put that metaphorical question mark in my head, and I, I scratch my head, and I just wonder, why do, why do people sometimes do the things that they do? Act the way that we act. Feel the need to bring so many other people down when really things like failure are quite open-ended, yet... So many people remain insistent to the end that it's exclusively this or that and that you're just scum if it happens to you. And it'll sometimes confuse me and it'll make me long and yearn for a change. Change that probably won't happen, but something that I'll always hold out hope for. Remember this, there are people out there that are going to try and bring you down. No matter what you say, or what you do, or how you act, they're going to look the other way and ignore what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're thinking, 
and they're just going to try and bring you down. That's how, unfortunately, a lot of people are. They just don't care. But remember this. Everyone, including them, experiences both success and failure on a small and a large scale. Everyone. No one is immune from it. And if someone tries to act like they are, they're lying. And people are going to try and bring you down. They're going to try and make you feel like this is the end. This is it, that you're worthless. You screwed up, that it's all over because things didn't work out. But I want you to know that it's not. Always consider looking at all the possibilities re-examining the situation, reassessing it, and looking at all options going forward. And it's perfectly natural to feel disappointed, but there's going to be people out there that are going to try and rub it in, that are going to try and really make you feel bad about this. And do your best to not let them win. Not let them run your life and get you to think a certain way and try and control you in that way. Instead, as cliche as it is, sometimes these sayings are are there for a reason. You know, they exist. They exist for a reason. Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. That's a quote from Dennis Waitley, with a lot of truth to it. Sometimes people see those quotes and they think it's all artificial, but there's a lot of truth to it. Regardless of how some people make you feel, failure is not the end. And there are always ways to move on from it and be able to get to, achieve, and experience things that are greater and better than ever, and find yourself in a place that one day you'll look back on and say, I can't believe I made it this far. There's a way. There's always a way. And despite all the naysayers out there and what you might be going through, keep on moving forward. Don't give up. It might take a while, and might it might be multiple perspectives and ways of examining and analyzing what you're going through, but there's ways that you can move forward. You can and will. This is VORW Radio International. Yeah, so on a little bit of a change of plan today. I, I wanted to switch it up, and we went with we went with the lecture first. We went right into it. No extended intro, no babbling or blabbering or anything of that nature. If you are listening in right now, I'd love your thoughts. I'd love your feedback. I just want to hear from someone out there. Uh, so please open up the inbox and uh, send me an email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And uh, your thoughts, feedback, and correspondence are just most welcome. It's a pleasure to hear from our listeners. Uh, I should also mention, since we're at this point in the broadcast, consider supporting this broadcast via PayPal to V-O-R-W 
info at gmail.com. And please consider advertising on this program. Uh, anything is welcome. I'm, I'm open to considering all types of advertisers. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a great way to get your message out. And it's a great way to support the show, too. Everyone wins there, if you're interested. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Hey, ask the question, raise the uh, subject, and I'll be happy to work with you in any way I can. So, with that being said, uh, let's go over to our one sponsor, Studio Sheppin. He's great. Check it out. Studio Sheppin is a becoming comic book creator and storybook illustrator, and he's looking to work with any VORW listeners out there. Sheppin offers a variety of freelance artwork, from digital or traditional paintings to handmade, customized stickers to storybook and comic book illustrations. Whether you want to take your idea to a publisher or have something fun to share among friends and family, he'll be happy to work with you to make your idea take form. For creative types out there seeking casual and friendly experience in putting together a short story or short comic book, Sheppin is the artist for you. If you're interested, you can contact Sheppin and browse his artwork on his home website, studioshepin.com. There you will find links to his other platforms, such as Instagram and Patreon, his commission menu for a quick price guide, and you'll also be able to browse his short and sweet collection of comic books that he's written and illustrated himself. Once again, that's studioshepin.com, spelled S-T-U-D-I-O-S-C-H-E-P-P-E-N.com, studioshepin.com. So kind of doing the show in reverse order today. Two other things that I want to talk about, and then I'm going to call it a day. Not the world's longest show, but for those of you who are tuned in on the YouTube Uh, You're kind of getting two shows in one. I'll get to that in a minute. Number one, I have a question for next week. So it's going to be an interesting one. And it's one of those questions that I'm I'm personally interested in seeing what you guys think about this. I think a lot of other people are going to be as well. Because I know I got an email. I guess it was a few shows back now. And it was one that I answered a little bit on the air, and I said I would talk about it more, and I intend to. And that made me, it made me very, very curious. Where a listener mentioned about, you know, being addicted to smartphones, uh, computers, and, and really it all comes down, I think, to the internet, you know, internet addiction. And was asking, you know, how can I break this? How can I, how how can I stop? How can I feel like I'm not, you know, chained to these devices all the time? And that got me thinking, I'm asking a question to you, about you. Here it is. If you had to look at yourself right now, would you say that you are addicted to the internet, to smartphones, computers? Do you think that you are addicted to it? 
Or do you think, no, I can stop at any time and I'll be all right? Because you hear so much about being addicted to technology, being addicted to your phones, to social media, to the internet, computers, etc. But I just wonder, with so much talk about it, how many people themselves think that they have some sort of addiction or dependency to such things, or that they don't, you know, that, hey, look, it's something that I use, but I would not go that far and say that I am. Another question that I have that goes hand in hand with it, and really, if, if you don't want to answer the first question, then just focus on this one, you could answer both, or you don't even have to answer this one, I'm just looking for a response to one or the other. Where do you think this is going to go going forward? Uh, do you think that more and more people are going to be totally addicted to this? Do you think that eventually maybe the technology is going to progress and advance to a point that we're almost literally in another world and like the reality here doesn't even matter anymore? I mean, where do you see things going forward also in regards to technology and our dependence uh, thereon? So I'm interested. Please send in your thoughts to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Submit your response in writing or record it. Uh, Get a microphone or recording device and speak your mind. Send it in, and we're going to go over your responses in the next show. So again, please write in V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. I mean, if I had to look at myself, I'll tell you this. When it comes down to the internet itself, I know for a fact that I am pretty dependent on it. Uh, there's, there's no denying that. I'm not going to say that I'm not, because that would be an outright lie. I am very dependent on the internet uh, for what I do in order to pass time, everything. I know I'm very dependent on it, and there's no, like I said, there's no denying that. But would I say that I am addicted to my smartphone? No, not at all. Uh, I, I know, I, ba- I barely use it. Uh, every single day, you know, I have the smartphone sitting on the table here. I use it just for communication, and that's it, really. Maybe I'll check the email once or twice on it, but uh, I, 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 barely, I barely check it. I do not use it that often at all. Uh, I don't even have any really... I don't really even have any special apps on it or anything. I just, I'm old school in that way. I just like sitting at a at a computer and uh, using a laptop or desktop and you know a mouse and keyboard. And I'm just, I'm I'm old school that way anyway. So while I would definitely say that I might even very well be addicted to the internet, you know I'll be straight up about that. It's very important to disconnect, but I'm just admitting the truth on my part. And I know compared to how things were in the past, I have cut back successfully a bit, but I know I'm still quite dependent on it, but I wouldn't say that I am addicted to smartphones. But I want to know your thoughts. Once again, the email address is v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. All right, so again now, just going over to some miscellaneous correspondence that we got over the last week, uh, just for the heck of it. Uh, just a few random things. Why not, right? Let's open up the inbox. I haven't even planned this out. I just spontaneously thought, eh, 
There's a little time left. I want to go ahead and read a few emails. Uh, let's see what we got. Marco writes in. He says, I got a quick question. Found the podcast a few weeks ago, and I love it. What was your worst experience at a restaurant? Well, well, Marco, the worst experience I know I've ever had, and some of you who are longtime listeners maybe remember the show from 2017 where I talked about this, was at Orlando International Airport at a pizza place there called Famous Famiglia Pizza. And it was easily, by far, uh, the worst food I've ever had in my life. Easily. Uh, I'll never forget, just to give a short little rendition of it, I remember I was taking a flight, and I got to the airport early. And, you know, if you ever go to Orlando International Airport, it's a huge, huge facility. And uh, the lines are long, the security is long, but I got there early. I got through the TSA, and I was, you know, at the gate, and I had time to kill. Anyway, my stomach was growling, and I was hungry, so I was looking. And I had this place that was there that served uh, pizza. And uh, I thought, well, you know, you got a pizza place. I'd never been there before. It was called Famous Famiglia. And I thought, oh, all right, well, you know, it's, it sounds pretty typical. I, I don't know how famous it really is, but I'll try it out. I remember I'm there online, and the guy that worked there, the guy at the counter, recognized me uh, from the YouTube, and, you know, he got out, he wanted a selfie with me, and it was fine, I'm, I'm always fine with that, he was, he was respectful. I got, a, I got a pizza slice, they heated it up in the oven, and put it on the tin foil, and, you know, I paid, I went my merry way, sat down. It was disgusting. It was by far just, it was, it was terrible. It was beyond flimsy. It was this slop. It was that bad. It had no structural integrity whatsoever. I remember the cheese was awful. The sauce was awful. Poor toppings weren't even that good. The slice fell apart. It was like paper thin, but drenched with these cheap toppings. So when I went to pick it up, the bottom of the slice caved in. Everything just is steaming hot and goop. Because there was no base really there to support this slice at all. Just fell right back down, and it was just a pile of mush that they tried to pass off as a pizza slice. It was inedible. I, I It was so bad, and I didn't even know what to... Like, I, I could tell the guys that were working there were kind of watching me, you know, because they recognized me from the YouTube, I guess. They were just taking a look. And I didn't know what to do, so I just took the tray, <laughs> kind of wrapped it back up, got out of eyesight, and just threw, threw it out. I couldn't, I couldn't eat it. I, it was that bad, but that was by far. And then I remember... I went back to the gate and I opened up the computer and I was looking, I was looking up this place. I was thinking, you know, is it just me or is it really this bad? And then I check all the ratings and this place had like 40 reviews and every single one of them was one star. And I thought, yeah, this place is just bad. So famous Famiglia at Orlando International Airport was, I mean, with, without a doubt, you know, there's there's nothing that even comes close to that. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really bad. So that's what it comes down to. And uh, thank you very much for your question. 
always makes for, you know, an interesting, interesting little story anyway. Connor is checking in. He says, hey, review, bro. Was wondering how you felt about the darkness of the new Joker movie. Do you believe its themes were too dark, or is it a good way to show the effects of mental illness? Uh, I personally believe it was brilliant, and it showed the in-depth what triggers the mentally ill. You know, I haven't seen the movie, but from everything... And I'm going to see the Joker. This is a film that I've wanted to see since I saw the trailer for it last year. And uh, you better believe I'm going to see it. And I look forward to it. Uh, This is... You know, I'm impressed with it, quite frankly. It's it's not it's not supposed to be a happy movie, right? That's the thing. I think that the Joker movie is supposed to be really dark, and it's supposed to be extremely serious in in that regard. So as a result, and I mean that's what I'm expecting out of it. That's what it comes down to. So I I like that it's touching on these darker themes, and I think that's important. Um, because, I, you know, I think it has more of a sense of per- perhaps some degree of realism to it. Uh, so I, I agree with your assertion. I think from what I've seen, from analysis that I've seen of it, from excerpts, you name it, uh, I think it is a brilliant film. But I should say, I don't think that it's for everyone as a result. I think for people that only want to see like a more traditional, standard, um, maybe to a degree uplifting film, Oh, they're going to hate it. And uh, I could understand why it has the reviews that it has. Um, Because, again, the people that just want, don't want to see that type of stuff, I understand, yeah, they're not going to like it. They're not going to be a fan of it. Um, But, I mean, mean, personally, again, I think it's a good change-up. And it's it's like it's my kind of of film, you know. I I like these darker, serious movies. Uh, So, yeah, I, I only have... Good things to say about it for the time being. One assertion that I do disagree with, I I just can't see. I mean, some people were saying that the film is just going to inspire people to go and shoot up the, the movie theaters, but we have yet to see any of that happen, and I just think that's a, an overreaction, an overreach, if you will. Of course, some things do have a tendency to provoke violence, um, but at least going as as far as I see it now, considering that the film has been out for a bit, and uh, everything is good so far, you know, all the appropriate security measures are being taken, and we have yet to see that, which is good. And hopefully that'll never happen. But I don't think the goal of the film, like some people will say, uh, was ever to incite violence or anything, anything close to that. And we also have an email coming in from Rashid in Syria. And number one, it's great to hear from a listener in Syria. But wherever you are, hope all is going good for you. Uh, But anyway, he had a question. He wanted to get a shortwave radio. And uh, he was just wondering the difference between shortwave and longwave. And if it would be possible to receive the radio signal in Syria. And uh, number one, I mean, first and foremost, excellent question. Uh, Again, I know I've emphasized this point so many times, um, but I think that it's just having a radio is such an important thing. And to be quite honest, I mean, I wish that AM, FM, 
shortwave radios were completely free. Of course, it's a business that's impossible. But like, if I had some some huge amount of money, I would literally buy up a couple thousand shortwave radios, and I would just I'll give a free one to anyone that asked for one. I would I would just do that because I think everyone everyone should have one. Information, especially being able to do so in a way that cannot be obstructed, jammed, or monitored, is an essential, it's an essential right to every person. So, that, in a, in a perfect world anyway, that's what I would do. But, until, until I win the lottery, the best I can do is just try and recommend people the best radios to get, and, uh, of course, I will respond to every inquiry. Uh, look into getting a shortwave radio, and if you have any questions about it, please email me, V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Now, here's uh, what you were wondering in regards to shortwave and longwave. Uh, number one, if you get any of the radios that I recommend, uh, the Texun, that's T-E-C-S-U-N, PL-660, uh, the Texun PL-310, or the Texun PL-380, all of these radios come with longwave and shortwave as well, so you don't need to get a separate radio, so no worries there. As a matter of fact, most portable shortwave radios do come with longwave band. Now, here's the difference between longwave and shortwave. Longwave frequencies are much lower on the dial than shortwave. As a matter of fact, they're below the AM band. So, for instance, shortwave goes from maybe 1,700 kilohertz to 30,000 kilohertz. Longwave is maybe around 100 kilohertz. It's very, very low. And longwave isn't really used that much anymore outside of Europe and parts of Asia, so... In Syria, I don't think you would really need to have a long-wave receiver, um, because there aren't many stations that broadcast on it anymore. Like, even though the receiver I have with me right now has long-wave, I've never been able to hear anything on it, really. Uh, In Europe, some stations still use long-wave, and it's mostly used because the signal can cover a decent geographic area, Uh, without having to worry about fading or the signal fluctuating or any of that. So it's sometimes used to broadcast domestically to have, say, like a national radio, or especially in Europe where the geographic distance is smaller than, say, in the U.S. or parts of Asia, to be able to just have one radio station that'll cover the area with a good signal. So that's how long wave works, Um, but it's not for extremely long-distance coverage. Uh, I know that the BBC still broadcasts on 198 kilohertz, and it's mostly just for the UK. Long wave is received usually a little better than AM or medium wave. It's mostly popular in Europe, whereas short wave is used for very long distance coverage. And while it has sometimes some fading and some static, it's able to get those distances that long wave radio cannot get. And it's a way for broadcasters to be able to have their signal literally blanketing an entire continent from a transmitter thousands of miles away. It's just a, it's an incredible way to reach listeners who are in extremely rural locations, um, don't have good internet access, 
are in places where there is lots of conflict, war, natural disasters, you name it, and the infrastructure is very iffy. And also in places where there's government censorship, where internet, radio, TV is, is restricted, you can still listen to shortwave, which comes from that external source, you know? Let's say if you're in North Korea, the media is tightly controlled, but the BBC can set up a transmitter all the way in the UK and still get a signal into North Korea from all the way over there, uh, over the radio, thanks to shortwave. So it just gets these signals extremely long distances. And uh, to answer your question, yes, you can hear my show in Syria. I will get you the best times and frequencies, uh, but 7780 kilohertz is the frequency that you'd be able to listen on over there. And uh, again, I will I will get those best frequencies to you. I, unfortunately, you know, I was trying to reach this one transmission provider. I don't know what's going on. I want to try and get a better signal at an affordable rate to Europe. And I sent emails to two transmitter providers. I sent an email to IRRS, the Italian Radio Relay Service in Milano, Italy. And I sent an email to Spaceline Transmissions over in Bulgaria. And I, I let them know who I was. I said, you know, I do this show. I want to get it out to uh, preferably to Europe and maybe even the Middle East as well with a good signal. Uh, you know, I want to just get an airtime quote. Nothing offensive in the show, nothing bad. And I just, I want to work with you. And I never got any response from either of them. I don't know what's going on, so... I want to get a better signal to the Middle East, but for some reason it's like they don't they don't want to work with me. It is what it is, I suppose, but I'll keep trying anyway. Uh, but at least, yes, the, the transmitter here in Florida uh, has 100,000 watts, and yeah, that frequency should reach Syria, so uh, no worries there. I've gotten listener reports from Israel, from Lebanon, uh, even from United Arab Emirates, from Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq. Uh, so if everyone there can hear it, and then I know over in Syria, you'll be able to get the signal too. And I'll, I'll give you more detail in writing. So with that, on a final note, uh, just know I was also able to get the radio show about the PG&E blackouts. I recorded that earlier in the week, and I just had some issues getting it up to YouTube at first. Um, but it's up now, so there's, that's why there's two uploads today. And I hope you enjoy that show as well. And like the saying goes, better late than never. And with that, uh, just remember the question for this week. That's all that I have for you. Thank you for listening, and do take care. This is VORW.